Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. TV Club. I just want to do a quick little intro watch list here for you to get to get into some of the things that I watched. Matt Rogers is my guest today. Yes, the amazing Matt Rogers, who has the new special Have You Heard of Christmas, which on my watch list, I have to we get into it, but it truly it gave me the Christmas spirit. It is so funny. Every song has been stuck in my head. It just it was perfect. So we're going to talk to Matt all about that. But just my quick holiday watch list, which I think you're going to want because I know it's a tough time for TV right now. We have nothing. There's nothing new. It's so hard. Everything is quiet in Hollywood land. All the TV shows are on hiatus. And what do you you have to watch? So I'm going to share some things I've been enjoying, some things that, you know, Maybe you haven't been on your radar. Uh, I love to stack up episodes of The Great North and Bob's Burgers, especially around the holidays. As we know, Bob's Burgers, best at holiday episodes. And this year's Christmas episode, it made me cry. It's so beautiful. I love a Gene-centered episode. And Gene gets to be the hero here. It's all about family. Oh, go go watch the newest Bob's Burgers. You're going to love it. Uh, And The Great North. This is, I think this has been the best season of The Great North, a show that has been just overlooked. Saturday Night Live, uh, we got to talk about it. TV history happened this past Saturday. Uh, Cecily Strong has left Saturday Night Live. Uh, she left in the middle of the season, which, which isn't, you know, unusual to leave mid-season between uh, winter and, you know, the new year for SNL. A lot of people do it, but it was a really touching episode. You know, she's been on the show for 11 years and it just, I think, really represents this kind of changing generational shift that's happening on the show. Uh, and they also, they gave, they gave my girl Sarah Sherman quite the spotlight, didn't they, with, with Jewish Elvis, which was amazing. Uh, but Cecily, gonna miss her. She's, she's, one of the people who's just held it down sort of across my, like, you know, most important lifetime of SNL. Uh, I loved the little nod to Kate and 80, but I, I do feel, I do feel sure about the future of SNL and its success. I, I did also miss a few episodes. <laughs> uh, you know, I was traveling, got off, but I came back for Cecily. Will I come back in the new year? I don't know. We'll see who's hosting, but it was, uh, it was a moving farewell. There was one point uh, during the the weekend update when she was saying her like, you know, kind of goodbye to her main character that my mom and I were watching. And, you know, she Cecily is like kind of a, a, addressing the crowd. And my mom was like, oh, she's going to cry. And I was like, no, she's not. Cecily is a professional. She never breaks. She's not going to cry. And Cecily didn't didn't crack. She didn't cry. You know, her voice kind of like wavered, but she stood strong. And I was like, see, that's Cecily. You could always trust her in a sketch. She's amazing. Just a talent. I love her in Schmigadoon also. So I'm excited in that, you know, I'm excited to see what she's doing over there and what else ha- she has coming for her because she's so talented. Uh, but that show of strength, I started crying. I got a little tear. I was like, oh, she's so great. Also, just now finding out she's from Springfield, Illinois. And I love an Illinois girl. Wow. No wonder she's so wonderful. That's the Midwest right there. <laughs> Let's keep moving. As you know, I've just been binging all of the Below Deck spinoffs. Below Deck, Down Under, and Sailing Yacht finished them up. 
finished him up. I, I have so much coming on Below Deck. We don't need to talk about it anymore. <laughs> I have so many thoughts. I've been tweeting about it constantly. And I promise you, you're going to be happy with some of the Below Deck content we have coming. So, you know, if you're excited about it, catch up. I'm going to be now all I have left is the main series. I'm going to be catching up on the newest seasons. So I'm really excited to just fully have everything under my belt there. Uh, after that South Side, the new season came back this December. Uh, I loved this fourth episode that came out last week. Uh, they're doing, you know, the weekly rollout. Um, it was so great. It looks at the South suburbs, uh, the South Chicago suburbs. It's just so clever and funny. Don't really want to spoil any more than that. But Southside, just again, one of my favorite comedies of the year. A little disappointed people put out their best of the year list before Southside came out with its newest season. But maybe it'll get that love next year. Just don't forget about it. That's what's important. After that, Sex Lives of College Girls, the newest season came to an end with quite the twist, quite the shock. I, you know, I guess um, we're supposed to be like, oh, Kimberly, I never liked her. I think she's annoying and you know she's the villain and then she's just going to play dumb and like, I didn't know. And so I'm sick of her. But I guess I like what's happening with Whitney and Bella. Bella's stuff is pretty interesting. Um but I can't say that I think Bella is a victim because I would have made the same choice to sleep with that guy. So uh, not because of like career stuff, but just because John P. Reynolds. So I understand where she's coming from on that one. Yeah, got to side with her there. Uh, other than that, I've been watching a lot of uh, murder shows on Investigation Discovery with my mom because she's in town. So <laughs> uh, yeah, just got, got to the bottom of some murders that have happened. Uh, I've I've also been watching Young Rock, which came back to a pretty quiet season three premiere. People haven't been kind of paying attention, I think, because there's been less Randall Park, who I believe was filming Blockbuster at the time this season was filming, perhaps. So that's probably why we're seeing a little less of him. Blockbuster R.I.P. Uh, but hey, if you want your Randall Park fix, go watch Young Rock. I I, the new season's pretty cute. The holiday episode was nice. Mythic Quest put out a pretty cute Christmas episode, too. Uh, again, Mythic Quest, a show that I've been enjoying. Just a solid hiatus holiday comedy. Yeah. Uh, much like With Love on Prime Video, another show on the watch list. With Love is one of those rare episodic Christmas series that like actually makes me feel Christmas, much like Have You Heard of Christmas? It's just like a very modern take on the family dynamics of Christmas for, you know, the, the, that that's not kind of corny, like your traditional Hallmark stuff. It's on Prime Video. It's It's sassy. It's funny. I love it. But With Love... That's the name of it. Go check it out on Prime Video. It'll make you feel like like Christmas. But other than that, you know, nailed it. Nailed it. The holiday episodes. That's my favorite binge. I don't care how many times I see someone make a disgusting snowman cake. It's always funny. It's always, always funny. So I've been watching all of that. That That's my watch list. Trust me, Matt Rogers, his watch list, so much more exciting. So we're going to get into that with him. Stick around. I Welcome to TV I Say with Ashley Ray, your go-to podcast for discovering what to watch on TV and getting behind-the-scenes insight from the people who make the shows you love. My guest today is a hilarious actor, comedian, and co-host of the Las Culturistas podcast. You can watch him in Fire Island on Hulu, which I loved, even though it's a movie and this is a TV podcast. <laughs> I love that for you on Showtime. Uh, and his new Showtime comedy special, Have You Heard of Christmas, is out now. Welcome, Matt Rogers. Hi, Ashley. Oh. Thank you so much for having me and I have news about Fire Island they're considering it a TV movie okay true so for awards consideration that's what I had heard so I mean it's not sacrilege to discuss it on the podcast it's not okay no. I love this information because now it's totally okay for us to discuss it a made for TV movie exactly yeah well I mean it was you know what I mean it's, it was for Hulu and I guess there's like a rule where it's like for it to be up for like like film awards consideration it has to have screened in theaters even like a couple times uh, and our movie never did it went never, right to yeah hulu. right to hulu yeah so. which honestly i wish it had been in theaters i Me feel too. like it would have been one of those like indie hits you go see at the ifc theater you're like this is so great yeah it would have had really good like word of mouth i think i think the only yeah. thing with movies going to theaters now is it genuinely feels like if it's not like a huge blockbuster they quote unquote fail whatever that means yeah. like even the movies like the Oscar type movies that usually come out this time of year yeah, like, like uh, I went to go see Fablemans and she said 
Both times I was in the theater, I was the only person there. Yeah, nobody saw Fablemans. They were like, nobody it bombed. Sorry, it. Spielberg. The thing with the Fablemans, like it's Spielberg. Everyone thinks it's going to make money. Yeah. And this is kind of, I guess, his second year in a row where it hasn't like, gone yeah. great. And but... that was a good cast. You had Seth Rogen, mm-hmm. White Michelle Williams. White Michelle. Oh, yeah, White Michelle good. turns in quite the performance. She's so good all the time. It's not the performance that you know, the Michelle Williams turns in <laughs> in that TV movie that she did with Tina Knowles. Oh, yeah. Did you watch that? No. Talk about made for TV. That was good. That, that was I, a that good That was giving Lifetime, film. I think. Yeah, right? I think it was yeah. Lifetime. She's like a pastor's wife or something. Something like, like that. But of course, she, 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 it's like a no good man. You know, he's oh, like yeah, a yeah. killer. Yeah, uh, he's a killer. Tina and, Knowles turns in a supporting performance. Yeah, and it's like, actually, the person you should have been with the whole time was the church janitor. Oh, God. <laughs> sure. Sure, everybody. Yeah, sure. (laughs) So as we do on TV, I say we're going to start with your watch list. What Mm -hmm. TV have you been watching? Well, like the rest of, I think, modern civilization, I've been watching The White Lotus. Of course. Um, I did just, we all just capped off, and I say we as in the Survivor community, we just got to the (laughs) end of a season. We just watched uh, the finale happen. Your mother is here, who I know is a fan, so I'm hesitant to spoil it, but I guess we will get into it. That's on her. That's on her. That's on her. She's the one who was like, I have to watch Young Shell. Instead, I don't know about all that. Yeah, but anyway, I, so yeah. I, Young Sheldon is not on my watch list. Not no on mine shade. either. Not on mine. I left the room when she put it on, and I went, "I'm going to go watch Below Deck Down Under." There we go. This isn't for me. And that's a beautiful transition into Bravo. <laughs> I do watch everything on Bravo, Housewives related. I don't watch Below Deck. I, I watch okay. all of the Housewives, and that's kind of what I do to turn my brain off. Yeah. So all of that, and then you know, outside of everything I just mentioned. All my stuff is kind of not in season right now. Yeah, it's like the weird off period when yeah. it's like there's nothing really new except for weird holiday things. Yes, it's very much holiday time, which sort of like is good for me since Great I, for you. I have one of those things. Yes, um, the so new Prince of Christmas. The new Prince of Christmas, <laughs> as it were, is here in the studio. But um, yeah, no, it's been kind of... Um, I haven't had a lot of time, and so it's been nice to just have a few things to really focus on. Yeah. And it's also nice to have all those things be like, I mean, whether it was like a water cooler sensation like White Lotus or just like there's a solid community around Housewives, I can always engage with other people that watched it. You know yeah. I mean, I'm not out on my own on an island, like the only person watching any of these shows. Yeah. Maybe I should find which, something that feels singular. Yeah, to me, which is, that's my experience when I'm like, oh, I'm the only person watching Digital Addiction about like 10 year olds who use their phone for 18 hours i'm the only i am interested you know what i mean it's really good (laughs) like you i'm shocked by how people legitimately are like oh no i'm on twitter for 20 hours a day yeah yeah and it's like oh really that's you think that your addiction is bad like and i think we all call it addiction just because we live in the modern world and the modern world does require us to be on our phones for that amount of time especially like of our generation i think but then you get to know people that are like really sick. Really, really sick. Yeah. Yeah. There were like moms who were like, I don't feed my kids. Yeah. <gasps> no. Truly kids were like, mom is on Facebook and arguing and she hasn't made us dinner in three days. And you're no like, way. oh yeah, this is a problem. Oh yeah. That's a major issue. Yeah. But I love that show. <laughs> I mean, hello. Good yeah, for us. Good stuff. Yeah. So what'd you think of White Lotus? I thought White Lotus was amazing. I mean, I thought the second season was probably, well, I was saying the second season was stronger than the first. I think so. But then I started watching the first season again on the plane, and the first season really does give. Like, is, you know what I mean? Like, there were so many, like, the girls, Sydney Sweeney and Brittany O'Grady, like, they were so good. Obviously, Murray Bartlett, Jennifer in the first season, but also Alex Daddario, Jake Lacey, that whole thing. Jake Lacey pulled off, like, rich douchebags so well. Yeah, he really did. I don't think Theo James really took his crown. You know what I'll say? I think the thing about Theo James is, and Jake Lacey was like this too, it just seems like that character was written like so obviously painted into this like you know privileged white guy rich corner yeah and I think we didn't see that really subverted until like maybe even the last couple episodes like I'm specifically talking about like that last episode where she's on the phone with their kids yeah she's like come in here they want to say hi to you and he has that moment where he's like these aren't my fucking kids yeah you know what I mean yeah he has this like this like little thing a moment of like I know I'm playing into the lie. So, like, I don't think it was laid on thick, but I think that it was there. You know what I mean? And that's one thing about the first season is, like, you you hear Jake Lacey start talking and you're like, 
oh my god, this is so unbearable. Yeah, like he is re- really this person exists, and then you're like, yeah, really this person. These exists. are real people, and that's kind of like the whole thing with White Lotus in general. Like you don't like anyone really. Until you sort of do, but you recognize that they are fucked up. Yeah. And I thought the second season was able to heighten that even more. Like, not one of them was, like, above board. Yeah. And honestly, Cam, for me, became a good guy when I was like, oh, he paid back Lucia. Like, when he actually paid that, I was like... (laughs) Finally. Yeah. But I just, I loved that about it. I mean, because I think my favorite thing about... Well, not my favorite thing, but something I think I noticed about the second season of White Lotus is even Albie at the end of the season, like who has been this, you know, moral high ground character yeah. and, you know, always telling his father and this, like, you know, shaking his head and his grandfather yeah, about this, like, like, their soy ways. Cuck. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Soft boy, yeah. Exactly. But even he is like willing to lie to his mother right? at the end of the season about the fact that Michael Imperioli has changed yeah. and that he misses her and hasn't done anything. And meanwhile, it's like, we just saw a few days earlier that he was sleeping with a prostitute. Sleeping with a prostitute. You know what I mean? Like, so I'll be like in the pursuit of doing the right thing for this girl he doesn't know who is going to own him. Own him. Just He is willing to fuck his mother up. Yeah. Meanwhile, that's why they were even in this negative position in the first place and why they're not there with their whole family is because like these men were not honest with and transparent about transparent and they just keep the cycle going and yeah so he is corrupted at the end yeah and i loved that sort of comment on generational trauma in a way through like a new lens yeah you know what i mean like because it wasn't about how these men have been hurt it's about how these men are hurting yeah and it is inherited like you see at the end like when that beautiful italian girl walks by and they all look at her they're just all such helpless like yeah Dick, dickmatized. Dies. They like, haven't grown. They haven't learned. They're yeah. still just controlled by that same organ. Yeah. And they still have this expectation of like when they go back to their old Italian like family home and yes. think they're going to be greeted with like hugs and oh ladies like don't you aren't you so happy the men are back and they're just like leave no get out of here <laughs> we We're have not missed doing you things. we're doing great we don't know you <laughs> yeah. we don't trust you probably you do want something from us yeah. whether or not I mean it's not that they would want money or anything but they do want their time their time it's like get and, the fuck out of here yeah access to these memories mm-hmm. and to be treated like oh we're so happy. Yeah. And I do love that now we know Lucia was basically like, fuck your trip back home. I don't care about being a translator. I hope this goes badly for you. No, 100%. And I loved, uh, I mean, I had a feeling that she was setting them up. Yeah. But just to see that executed was so genius. And I really loved the last image of them, of Lucia and Mio walking off together to that song, Sam Cooke, uh, The Best Things in Life Are Free. Are free, yeah. Because she had sung that earlier in the season on the piano. And I thought that was a great callback. And also just like, you know, sort of a reverse comment um, that the first season was making, which is, you know, rich white people will get away with everything. Yeah. Um, and this was like, you know, there I thought this the the real thesis of the season, like the message was money makes you powerful, but also helpless. Yeah. Um, you know, when Jennifer Coolidge is able to have a moment of power over men for once in her life. Yes. And then is too dumb and without resources and without faculties to even save herself once she already has. Yeah, and to even connect the dots in those final moments, that glorious line of... Tell, is he cheating on me? Yeah. Is he having an affair? Like that that's where <laughs> like her... That's where her focus is. And just also the fact that like it is her money that's put her in all these amazing positions in terms yeah. of like experience, but also it has also put her in a very vulnerable position and she can't even use resources that she so very clearly has at her disposal to yeah. help herself. Like, and... You know, what another what another great performance Just by her. By Jennifer Cool. Yeah. I thought actually probably her best performance as the character. I think was so in too. That yeah. I liked her. I liked Tanya in season two way more. Yeah. I, Obviously, though, I think the winner of the season was Daphne. Oh, 100%. Daphne just icon, legend. I, yeah. And I was a fan of the bold type. So you were. I, yeah. So that's my that's my girl. Yeah, you love Sutton. Yeah, that's my Sutton. So basically, I had never I had met her Megan Fahey once a few years ago, actually, um, 
at a Betty Who concert, and she was the coolest person ever. But we didn't like become friends. And I did a thing with Vulture. I did a Vulture Fest show, and she was also on the panel, like doing like a, oh, yeah. She was doing like a, a advanced screening of the third episode. Yeah, and a talk back. And I was like, if you want to come do my show, like please do my show. She came. We had a great time. We hit it off. She came on the podcast, and so we got to see the first five episodes a little early, uh, and that was really hard because it was like the f- episodes four and five is when it really starts. To, yeah, when it got going. Cook. When you're like, and so I had to wait like three weeks to watch the sixth and seventh episodes, but yeah, she was amazing in them. I hate that with screeners where I'm like, I'm ahead yeah. of everyone, now I have to wait. Do you get a lot of screeners for this show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you probably get screeners to like everything early, to everything, oh and my then God, I'm a blessing and like, a curse. It's a blessing and a curse where I'm just like, great, I already know what happens, and yeah. okay, we'll just wait for everyone else to catch up. Totally. So. <laughs> I mean, but it was like, it, I remember it was the scene where Megan like says to Aubrey when Aubrey's like, I think something happened between Yeah. When 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 they were away, when we were in Noto. And she says that monologue about like getting a trainer. Getting a trainer and the that was beautiful incredible. like blonde haired blue eyed baby. Yeah. So good. Which I didn't even connect. I had read it a completely different way. I had read it as her being like, I have kids now that you can see my children, don't fuck with my family. Like, we have a situation. Like, I don't care what he does. Like, don't yeah. try to make this more than it is. Which I think at the time could have been a reading on it. But then everyone was like, no, what she obviously was saying was they're not his children. And I was like, oh, yeah. And yeah. She, like, she came on our podcast and I said what my initial reading of it was. And she kind of sat there and was like, mm-hmm. Well, I actually think that what <laughs> Daphne is insinuating is quite dark. And I was like... Oh. oh, and then with the rest of the episodes, you kind of get the sense that that yeah. was what it was. Yeah, especially with the Ethan moment. Which, Oof. what do you think happened? Oh, I think they definitely had sex. I think they definitely, yeah, had sex they too. definitely had sex on that beautiful island. Yeah. and I'm sure it was gorgeous. A little sad we didn't get to see it. I mean, the thing is, like, I, I'm both like happy we didn't get to see it because we get the like gorgeous uh, did they or didn't they in our yeah. own heads and like you know this conversation. But I also like. Would have loved to see that. I mean, like you know, right? That, no shade, but like, I mean, Ethan. Wow. Yeah. I remember when he when he had that. I think it was like the second or third episode where you saw all that body. Yeah. I was like, I was like, okay. I, I was like, secret hot body nerds. Yeah. They do take over the. They world. They take over the world. Yeah. And he was hotter than Theo James, and we Ooh. never got to we never got that moment for Listen, him. Listen, who who do you think was the hottest guy on the show? <sighs> The British boy. I, mean, I he's disgusting. Yeah, yeah, I love he it. Was, just a disgusting. It was giving guy. Love Island, like yeah. actualized, <laughs> like for real, fuckboy vibes. Yeah, it was the Kawabunga tattoo on the neck. That's can't when I was it. like, that's someone I'd fall for, and I Absolutely. hate myself for it. Yeah, the thing is, like, you kind of can't stand Portia because she is so like I hate derpy and like you yeah, know, like, and horribly dressed and she... bad at her job. And she had one job: just stay away. Yeah, and I just. <laughs> And also the way that she was complaining about being in Italy the entire time, I'm like, yeah, mama, it's not that bad for it's you. Like, you're probably making quite a check. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm sure she's like a terrible boss, but like you get to go to Italy and what you've been told your directive is on day one is stay out of my sight. Stay out of my sight. Do your own thing. Go get laid and have fun and eat pasta. Yeah. And she couldn't do it. And she just couldn't do it. I well, hate her. She just her. had to complain. And then also, like, I understand what the I'll be of it all. Like, I get, yeah. like, when a guy is giving you, like, soft vibes. Yeah. And you just wish that they were a little bit more, aggressive, you know, aggressive. Or hand, make a move. But, but the thing is just, like, you can teach a guy to get like that. Yeah. You can't teach, you know. British boy. British fuck boy <laughs> to not kidnap, kidnap you. you. Like. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's gonna kidnap you like, every time. Honestly, like, also, he was reeking of trauma and darkness yeah. from the very the beginning. The very beginning. Like, I was like, girl, look at his eyes. They're I bloodshot know. red. This is not a boy who is good for your life. No, 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 no. But I think but that she, she had, she had been learn. saying from the beginning she wanted the adventure, and she fucking got it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, but then also at the end, when they exchange numbers, Albie and Portia, I was like, you two dummies She's deserve so, each yeah, other. Yeah, they do. And they're gonna make it work, I feel like. Maybe. So, okay, before we change topics, I do want you to do it for Survivor Nation. Tell me your thoughts. All right. Go. Finale. So, apologies to mom. Sorry, mom. Listen. Uh, so, we saw the winner was Gabler. And I almost want to see what her reaction She just is. went... She did a big, oh. Yeah. So I was shocked <laughs> because I was not checking for him all season. In fact, I think this is the second year in a row where the most annoying contestant has won. He's annoyed. So I was assuming like, he must be a quiet nerd type. No, it wasn't even that. He actually, from the very beginning, was the type that was like, 
oh man, I'm having a really hard time physically, like just oh. really like doing things that didn't sort of make sense. And then he was able to make it all the way to the end. I think sort of as like a, what they call a goat, like someone that's being led to the end for slaughter. slaughter yeah. Because that's part of the game now is you have to like, if you are in control of the game, what you want to do is engineer a top three that you can look best amongst in okay. front of the jury. And so I think that Cassidy, who was, you know, very much gaining control of the game as it went, engineered a situation where she thought, oh, I'm going to be next to two people that I will look so much better than because my game was flat out better than theirs. Yeah. But the thing about Survivor is the way that you tell your story at the final tribal council to the jury and cater to them and, you know, are able to to connect um, things that they want to hear with things that you may or may not have actually done and how well you orate will really take it over the finish line. And I think it did. And I'm also going to cry misogyny here a little bit. Okay. Like I often do with yeah. Survivor. I yeah. know we've just had two female winners. We've had two women of color win in the in season 41 and 42, which had not happened since season four of Vesepia Tauri. Season, wait. The, the woman of color had not won Survivor since season four. Season, and you said 41. 41. And there were amazing contestants. But I often feel that because of sexism and racism, et cetera, that whenever there is a final three, it often feels like the jury. And now they've made diversity changes so okay. that like there's like a mandate now with CBS. I think like <laughs> there has to be a diverse cast. But I always felt like demographically it was always stacked against the women or yeah. like especially like women of color or like you know, black people or people of color that were in that final three just because it, I don't know, it's it's that intangible thing you can just tell it's yeah, happening. That it's like you're just there to be the yes. diversity in the top three. And I feel like I hadn't seen it in the last two seasons, but then there was just, a, there was a female contestant who was a young girl who clearly had the best game out of the three of them sitting there. And this older guy who was like a war veteran, like ends up coming in and, and, and like making the best case verbally, I think. And I think they all just kind of threw it out the window because they were like taken away by him as like an orator and a speech giver at the yeah. end. Okay. And I'm like, you know what? That's a little bit shitty. And I, I wonder if they all woke up the next day and were like, wait, who won our season? Yeah. Because this guy was, it was the kind of reality <laughs> show contestant where they're doing something around camp and the soundtrack they play is bum, 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 Oh, yeah. Bum. <laughs> it was like very much giving that. Yeah, yeah. And the thing about Survivor I think needs to change is like, it's now gotten to the point where like, if you're a big threat, quote unquote, at the end, you get voted out. Yeah. And you're a big threat because you are the best player. So it's like the best players, quote unquote, end up not winning every single time because if they're making big moves, like, you know, they're just they have big targets on their back and yeah. they're voted out because they were too good. And then what you have at the See, end is like three people that were pretty good. Yeah. So you got to you got to I think that's part of the game, though, right? Part of the it's game. Like Hiding a in chameleon plain sight. is being like, I don't know what I'm doing, but you yeah. know what you're doing. Your social game has to be good. And the social game has never been more important and I think never been more respected in Survivor. Okay. And so I think he was really able to argue, perhaps rightfully, that he had the best social game because he was in many different alliances and no one was ever checked for him yeah so i mean there is something to that i was just i'm a little salty i watched it yesterday and so i'm here the wounds are fresh and i just <laughs> would, really would have liked to have seen her win yeah but you know it's not always my favorite contestant that wins and i can yeah. always respect someone that wins um okay. while i think there were like certain things that went into this choice like if you win survivor you deserve to win survivor i can respect that like other shows i don't feel that way like yeah. drag race uh, oh certainly yeah. not no, no certainly yeah not. project runway it's not like oh you won you won no i'm like you didn't know yeah that. what did you think well this is like a, a long way back but did you like last season of project runway I did actually. I, I really liked it, and I feel like people don't realize it's kind of good again. I think it's great. Yeah, like, like I th and I like a nice long season. Yeah, like that episode of um, Project Runway that had the housewives come on. Yeah, that was the best episode. That was of the best episode that year. It was so good. I, I was obsessed. Yeah, and people are like, "Well, Tim and Heidi are gone, so is it?" Even? And it's like, "No, it's no, good. It's good. It doesn't Christian even matter." Christian Siriano gives. Yeah, he really does. I love him, and he's he he steps into the role. He knows what he's doing. He's really good. He's funny. He you get that he's like you know aloof enough, but also like involved enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like I, I would recommend. And also, I heard this next season is going to be good. 
And because my, my the the girl who does my makeup for events and stuff also does um, Brandon Maxwell. Ah. And so she's on set the entire time. Her name is Jessica. And she came back and like they just wrapped up the new season. And okay. she said oh that gosh. it's going to be really worth watching. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm really So that's excited. a first-hand account. Yeah, that's, that's behind-the-scenes info TV club. Yeah. <laughs> you know before everyone else. <laughs> there you go. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk with Matt about his favorite TV holiday specials. And of course, your new special, Have You Heard of Christmas? Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. Matt, let's talk about your favorite TV holiday specials. First, though, you have just put out Have You Heard of Christmas on Showtime. It was, did you love Christmas specials? Were you, like, inspired by sitting around with your family? You know what's funny? Like, it wasn't really initially conceived as a Christmas special. It was conceived as a live show that I started in 2017 in New York. And the conceit was, like... I was going to release a Christmas album. You know what I mean? To be part of Christmas culture. Because yeah. I was observing that so many pop stars were putting out Christmas music and it just seemed like another like part of the capitalist pop star machine they could be a part of. And I was like, they don't really love Christmas. They just wanted to <laughs> have this Christmas album. Yeah. You know, I guess chief among those people being like Mariah Carey, who's like a full-on Christmas industry. And I, of course, yeah. do fully believe that Mariah loves Christmas. She basically she is Christmas yeah, now. Yeah, she deserves that. She's Absolutely. She's more like... More more Santa Claus than than, Santa. She, than she was than pop star at this point. Like yeah. she she actually got more airtime on the Thanksgiving parade than Santa did. Wow, wow! And yes. I know she knocked Taylor Swift off the charts. With she did. All I want and for all Christmas is you was currently sitting at number one. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure it will for the rest of time. I mean, yeah. like when December rolls around, like that is the Christmas song. That's the one I play it on repeat. You might even be able to say that is the most famous song of all time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like it on will. It is a huge pop hit. Every year. Every year. So, Everyone knows it around the world. But that's sort of what inspired me to even do the show is I was like, what if I played this sort of character that was like this craven, money-hungry, <laughs> fame whore type that was like the way that you become seasonally ubiquitous and therefore culturally ubiquitous is to be a part of Christmas. Be a part of Christmas. And so that's really what my show um, has turned into it started as a live show in 2017 like I said where it was just like a bit amongst my like you know 70 friends that came to the show <laughs> when I did it at the duplex in New York that like oh I'm releasing a Christmas album just kidding I'm not I'm just saying I am yeah <laughs> so now years later the show has grown to it's on Showtime it's streaming now um and I hope they're, you know, not saying anything too much, but there probably will be an album next year. And I was wondering, I was like, this yeah. has to come out as an album. So basically that's like the songs. next way it heightens, you know, yeah. like, um, but, you know, to answer your question, it was not about having a Christmas special. It just has become that, which to me is even funnier looking back because yeah. that was part of what I thought was funny about it. You know what I mean? Like the Christmas Christian industrial complex to me is so funny because I think capitalism is obviously very evil, but also very funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh. That we all just like, you know, participate in this yearly thing, which is like really exclusively about spending money. And, Absolutely. And yeah. like we pretend it's about Jesus. You know, we we sort of remember the story of how Christmas started. You know, we pretend it's about like the the Santa of it all, et cetera. But these are all just characters and like uh tools of the capitalist yeah, to make thing. you feel that manufactured warm and fuzzy feeling. Yes. And you notice that it starts 
earlier and earlier every uh, year. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. like I believe it was like the clock struck midnight on Halloween. And it, yeah, and, and people Mariah just was, yeah was doing her thing, and people just just stomp all over Thanksgiving. Yes, which good because bad, but I mean, right, <laughs> exactly. It's like it's like, and now it all sort of blends together. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I feel like Christmas is now November and December, and December in a way that is like. You know, good for me going yeah. forward. Good, that's great for you. <laughs> it's so good for you. Uh, it's such a funny special. Thank I you. absolutely love it. You have so many funny people in it. Thanks. Joe Firestone, yeah. Bowen is in it. Yep. You know, had to do a little appearance. Had to. It is so so hilarious, Thanks. but at the same time, it did give me that Christmas in the city feeling. I hope so. It gave me that like warm, fuzzy, and like LA is not a Christmas town. It's really not. It's not a Christmas no. city. Like no. it, it lacks. Two words, human connection. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know what's funny is it's like, really, it's so true. Because I've been on tour doing this because I'm on the Have You Had a Christmas tour right now. I've been in all the cities. And the colder cities are the ones that give Christmas. Yeah. Because they just are naturally in the vibe. Like, you come here to L.A. and it's like, it could be any time. Any time. Like, You're, it's yeah. really giving fall. Fall. It's like a little gray. Sometimes it rains. Yeah. We're like, it's 40 degrees and this is the worst thing that's ever happened. Like, people don't even care. Like, I saw one reef up. In my, I just said reef. I saw, I saw one wreath up in my um, like apartment complex, and I was yeah. like very taken aback. I was yeah. like, "Oh yeah, someone's someone's, someone's really doing, doing it. it. Like, yeah. wow, they they really like Christmas over here." But like Chicago, Minneapolis, uh, like Boston, like Philly, where I just was, obviously New York. Um, yeah, they're all they're all Chris miss. Yeah, like, like it the is... Chris Kindle mocks, the like everything. Yeah. And it gave me that feeling. I was Thanks. like, ah, oh, I want to go to New York. I want to see the snow before it's dirty. Yeah, like, I, I want to like have wine with my friends. Well, it's funny that you say that because this is what they don't tell you about Christmas programming is it's all yeah. shot in the summer. Wow. So I shot that on August 27th, which is like the <laughs> asshole of summer. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the pit of hell of summer. And I actually, I lived in New York for 10 years and ultimately had to leave because of that month. <laughs> I was like, this is miserable. It's terrible. Yeah, it's humid. Summer, it's horrible. I hate summer in New York. So like there we are in like late August, like when it's the most miserable and we were shooting this Christmas thing and I'm having to tell the audience, like, come in a sweater, like <laughs> telling them to crank the AC. You know what I mean? Like all these That's things. So funny. And the decorations were really authentically, you know, yeah. wintertime. But it, it was looked, like summer. the audience looks like they just stepped in from like a hot cocoa outside. Like, Thank God. Yeah, you nailed it. We had an amazing team. Like, so, that's so great. At the end, during the credits, there's like footage of you like yeah. with the Christmas tree and Rockefeller. Yes. Did you like do that after? That was shot last year. <sighs> so we shot. So basically, I was on the Have You Heard a Christmas tour last year. And then Omicron sort of stepped forward and said, I'm the girl. And so basically yeah. it had to all stop. So I couldn't do the rest of my shows, but I was in New York, you know, because I was supposed to be performing there and they were canceled. So my crew was like, my producers were like, you know, we can get some people together and we can shoot at least some B-roll yeah. while you're in New York. And so meanwhile, it's like, Omicron was so fierce that we were like, we don't even know, you could get it outside, I guess. Like yeah. it was so different from the other. So we did go out there and like, I had the mask on and then I would be like, you know, literally on the ice skating rink and like they put the camera up and I would like whip the mask off and like just like yeah, be normal. Like, oh, everything's good. And then like be throwing a dirty look and like I was like, okay, I'm putting it back on. And I was put back, put it back on. But like we were like literally like trolling around Rockefeller Center and all around the yeah. city, like Diker Heights, like, you know, going to all the spots. Um, like A, like trying to get the footage while we still can. It was yeah. so cold. And B, like being like concerned about Omicron. And then, you know, I didn't get it. But then I, I went to Mexico City for New Year's and I did get it there. Oh, see, see. <laughs> it I, got me. It wasn't yeah, bad, though. Yeah, I got it at a live podcast event, like yeah, around sure. that time. And it's like, that's the worst way to a live podcast. It's not even event. exciting. Not like even a exciting. Live podcast. It wasn't yeah. even like a rave. But then, in terms of my favorite, you asked about my favorite yeah, Christmas yeah. special. I guess, like, I'm pretty straightforward. Like, again, like, I wasn't inspired by Christmas specials to do this. So it's not like. It's not like that vibe. I mean, it seems like maybe the Grinch was a bit of an inspiration. Oh, heavy. For <laughs> heavy. Like when, for my favorite song, I just want to say yes. uh, you perform a song Mariah Carey wrote for the Grinch that was not released. Yeah, uh, so I, I allege <laughs> that Mariah has written this song called The Hottest Female Up in Whoville, yeah. which is from the perspective of Martha May Huvier, who we all fondly remember, played by Christine Baranski in The Grinch. Yes. And I just thought... 
You know, people don't know that Mariah Carey wrote Where Are You Christmas, which was originally sung by Faith Hill, and it's uh, Taylor Momsen as Cindy Lou who performs it in the movie. But I thought it's funny that she wrote that song, and, like, the character she clearly identifies with most (laughs) is Miss Huvier. Like, she is that bitch. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she is, like, scantily clad, giving it to the other women. Yeah. She's, like, a single adult woman in Whoville. She's a hoe. Yeah, yeah. And, and you, I'm just saying, listen, you need to go watch it because the line Whoville Thrilla is something I've already been saying to my friends every single day. Now. Listen, I, I, I very I'm at, like, I, I, you know, if you don't know by now, like after all this conversation, like I am a lamb, like I'm in the lamely. And so, yes, I was inspired by the Grinch. I think the Grinch is like one of the ones I always watch. I haven't watched it this year, but the animated Grinch. And then yeah. I love the movie The Grinch. I mean, Jim Carrey is so so funny in it and there's so much to like about that movie um but definitely was inspired when i was like what would mariah write as like martha may Huvier's theme song yeah and i sort of came up with this concept you that, nailed like, it they were so they were so in love with where are you christmas they were like could you write other songs from the perspectives of other characters in the movie and she did and we have what we have in this special you have to check it out and it's incredible thanks it's i i can't even pick a favorite line i think it might have been like these men know if the wife, the women know, if, know their wa- yeah. if their wife won't. I will. I, will. <laughs> I was just like, yes. I'm the only hot who up in Whoville. <laughs> men know if their wife won't. I will. Yeah. Period. I need the album. I, the, yeah. album is, the album is coming. Yeah. I think that and the song about Rockefeller Center. Yeah. Plaza, I love just because I love the Mikey Day. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, the thing about Rockefeller Center is like. I was really trying to take it back for myself because, so I don't know, a lot. I don't talk about this too much, but like I also screen tested for Saturday Night Live. Who hasn't? Yeah, right. Exactly. Right, uh... So like, and so you know, it, it it got to the point where like I really almost got it and then didn't. So then I was like disappointed whenever I'd go to Rockefeller yeah. Center. I was like, oh man, not the trauma here. So I was like, let me take this back. And so I sort of drag Rockefeller Center in this song while also celebrating it. I mean, yeah. it now has a theme song for better or worse. <laughs> yeah. And I also like. Shouted out Hoda Kotb and Jenna Bush Hager, and then uh, they talked about it on the Today Show. Yeah, I love the Hoda shout out. It's like, yeah. hey, girl. Well, who doesn't love Hoda? I mean, who Hoda's the, that girl. I would love to just sip some wine with her. Like, please. You know, I've been, I've been lucky enough to meet her a couple times because I've been on her show, yeah. and uh, her and Jenna are both real ones. They're real, like, yeah. It's actually the same exact vibe on air as off. Yeah. Um, wow. which you can't say about everyone. Yeah, no. Like you really can't. You can't. And we, um, yeah, but but on. that that's true about them. That's true about Andy Cohen. That's true about Kelly yeah. Clarkson. Yeah, I have I did Andy Cohen. Yeah, Kelly Clarkson. Uh, Jennifer Hudson. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've she not has, met she Jennifer. Has a, she has a like live show now. Yes, yeah. I know she's got like the daytime show. Yeah, the daytime show. Oh my so. god, I've not met Jennifer, but she's another one. Like I mean, yeah. American Idol was really big for me as a kid. Me too. Yeah, the first few seasons. Yeah, now I, I don't even know if it's still. Oh, like, I, I but... couldn't tell. You could not tell you. I feel, yeah, are. we have the idol. We're done. <laughs> I mean, we certainly got our fair share of idols, and now I think we're good. Yeah, we're yeah. good. We're good. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break, and I'm supposed to ask Matt about more Christmas things, but I'm going to ask you about I Love That For You. Oh, yeah. Because, yes, I that's love what it. we need to talk yes, about. Yes, we do. <laughs> Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. And we're back. Matt, I love that for you on Showtime. Go watch it. I've been, it it was on my list of the year. It's on my watch list when it was on. Best show. Thanks. Second season. Girl, I don't know. Second season. Like, this is what I'm saying. It's like, so, oh God. 
I, you, I know that they've written it. Yes. So it was written. And now it's a thing where, you know, the Viacom Paramount of it all, like there were some changes. And yeah. so I know that there's a lot of love for the show. I just don't know whether or not it's being greenlit yet. And I, what I would say to everyone is if you love the show, like let them know. Yeah. Because they actually, I think they're starting to make some decisions because they just renewed Yellow Jackets for a third, third season, season early. Which, yeah, we haven't even seen the second one. I know. Okay. And, I, and I read that last night and I, I they were talking about how they want to like build franchises out of shows, et cetera. And, and I, I don't really know like where we stand, but I just know that everyone loves working on it. I love playing the part. Yeah. Like, and um, you're incredible. You oh, are so thanks. funny in it. There's Thank like you. the scene when you, I'm not going to spoil anything, but the scene when you sleep with the Southern down home guy. <laughs> yep. Yep. I was like, you deserve an Emmy. That oh was my so God. funny. You're that so scene. nice. It was, you know, I have the best time because, because you have to like, I mean, put yourself in my shoes. It's like, if it's not Vanessa Bayer one day, yeah. it's Molly Shannon. Or it's or Jennifer, Jennifer Lewis, Lewis, who I get to be so lucky. Like, I mean, they call her the mother of Black Hollywood. And I get to, in my own way, have like this relationship with her where my yeah. character sees her as like a mother figure. And um, we have these amazing scenes together where she looks me dead in my eyes and just advice from her that I will never forget. Like, and she genuinely is such a nice and incredibly talented person, yeah. you know, um, so, I just can't imagine like working across from her. I just feel like I'd it's, be terrified. It's a lot. You know what I mean? Like it it certainly is. Uh, it was a moment where when I found out it was going to be her, originally the part was cast with another actress and I think there was scheduling stuff. So we shot the pilot with someone else. Um, we shot I the can't pilot imagine with Sybil anyone. Shepherd. Oh, I'll, okay. Yeah, and so I think that like there were some changes. I think it was just scheduling. Yeah. But then we ended up doing the series with Jennifer Lewis, yeah. which was such a left turn from what the part had been and how it was written on paper, I was like, oh my God, I can tell this is going to be so amazing. But also, I think I was really shook when I found out it was Jennifer because I'm such a fan. Yeah. And I knew that she was going to come with a lot of presence and energy. And I just wanted to, as someone who I knew I'd be working with a lot, be able to keep up with that and, um, you know, give something back or honestly, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, like not just get completely drowned out. Yeah. You know, but it's what such they a, wrote. Cause that's the thing. It's such a good ensemble. Yeah. And I think people, you know, you have these big names, Molly, Jennifer, Vanessa, Vanessa, and people are like, Oh, those three. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But that whole ensemble is so, so funny. <laughs> Which is a testament, I think to the writers. I mean that, 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 that literally like, I mean, I'll tell you, like, this is a TV podcast. Like, yeah. let me pull the curtain back. I, as an actor in this town, that's a gay man my age, go out for every assistant. Yeah. And <laughs> most of the time, it's just asking someone what flavor of pressed juice they want, you know, or it's like an aside scene with me and like whatever hot girl is in the office and me saying, girl, no, you can't date him or whatever it is. Yeah. It's like very, very, very one note. And I think with this character, what I loved was in the very first episode, he's like, just so you know, I'm the senior associate, not her assistant. Yeah. And then he's immediately treated like the assistant. But you get a sense of his humanity a little bit and that he's aware of the trope and wanting to subvert it. And the thing about Darcy is he wants to be more. He wants to be respected. And um, in the second episode of the show, like the first extended scene in that episode is a scene where you find out what my character wants. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was just like, you already got such a glimpse into the relationship between Patricia Cochran, who's played by Jennifer, and Darcy, who's played by me. And I was like, wow, we're really going to actually explore this dynamic. Yeah. It's going to be more than the trope. And it, yeah, like expo like the whole purse thing. Yeah. I I thought, I was like, this show's going to be funny. And then when the whole like purse and like your yeah. character getting the bat, I was just like. Which ultimately oh. ended up being oh. really complicated. And, yeah. And you know what I mean? Like, And also another thing is on paper, you find out that all he wants is this bag. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, hashtag gay, like hashtag. Yeah. Assistant. But then you also understand, I think, that it means so much more. So much and more. And also there's a degree of betrayal in there and like acting out that I think is from like some some other thing. And so that's what I love about the show is that it truly did turn into an ensemble. I think it started out as this character study of Vanessa and yeah. 
you know, why a good person does such a bad thing, which is, you know, she lies about her cancer having returned to keep her job as an on-air hook on a QVC QVC type type, show. So funny. Um, But then by the end of the season, you really get a sense of where everyone's at and why everyone, why, why they all have been lying in their own way. And it's, it really is about perception versus reality. Yeah. Which is a theme that I am always so interested in. And I just think that people, if they haven't watched it, like, Get on that 30-day free trial. Watch yes. Have You Heard of Christmas? And I Love That For You. It's and only I love eight episodes. Only eight episodes. And it just it also aired with Flatbush Misdemeanors. It did. That was like my favorite comedy double feature of the year. Those two yeah. shows together. And, you know, R.I.P. Flatbush. Yeah, R.I.P. Flatbush. But at the same time, Showtime, I guess you probably have some extra budget for season two. Listen, I love all I'm real. saying is... We have an amazing cast. The like, second season that I what what I've heard they're gonna do is gonna be even better than the first yeah. season. And I would just say, come on, really? come let's on. go! Come on! Literally this morning, I tweeted, "It's insane that the show hasn't gotten a second season renewal," and it went viral within like five seconds. Really? Yeah, literally hundreds of likes right now. People like Showtime. I'll retweet it too. Please, that's uh, how but, it works. Here yeah, no, we love TV, the show, and it's so fun to work. It on. is. I truly listen. Go watch it. Yeah, and then go watch the special. Have you heard of Christmas, Matt? Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank this you was so, so much. fun. This you... really was a blast. And also, where can people find you on social media? Uh, like they you don't can know. follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Matt Rogers. Though. T-H-O. And you can listen to Las Culturistas, the podcast with yes. me and that comes out every Wednesdays. But most importantly, have you heard of Christmas? Yeah. And I love that for you. Uh, and Fire Island. Go watch it because it's you a TV. You gotta stream Fire Island. Yeah, because it's a TV movie and it counts. So. Yes, it counts. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. TV I Say with Ashley Ray. Another episode. Another episode of TV I Say with Ashley Ray is an Earwolf production made by me, Ashley Ray Harris. It's engineered by Sam Kiefer and produced by Amelia Chapelo. And our original theme song is by Rafia. It means so much to me if you go rate, review, subscribe, follow TV I Say. Let us know what you think and tell your friends. Share with your golden girls. Tell your boys. If you love my TV recommendations, let everyone you know know. For special TV club members, join my Patreon. And you can also find my full archive ad-free episodes of TV I Say over on Stitcher Premium. Use promo code TVISAY, all one word, for a one-month free trial at stitcher.com slash premium. Are you struggling to lower your bad LDL cholesterol, even though you may be taking a statin, swapping steaks for salads, and exercising while listening to this podcast? Ask your doctor if Repatha Evolocumab is right for you. With Repatha, you can dramatically reduce bad cholesterol and the risk of another heart attack while enjoying life, too. Because you're human. And with convenient self-administration, you can take Repatha in the comfort of your own home. Do not take Repatha if you're allergic to it. Repatha can cause serious allergic reactions. Signs include trouble breathing or swallowing, or swelling of the face. Most common side effects include runny nose, sore throat, common cold symptoms, flu or flu-like symptoms, back pain, high blood sugar and redness, pain, or bruising at the injection site. Visit Rapatha.com or call 1-844-RAPATHA. Talk to your doctor today about Rapatha. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.